Hello. Hey there, Brian. Hey, George. Welcome to Binge Mode. Hey. Thanks. <laughs> I'm excited for this episode. Me too. It's late. It's, we're recording far later than we usually do. We it's, usually record this at 5.30 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's not funny to anyone else because nobody else knows when yeah, we actually like, record. Are they serious? It's, yeah. it's right before early morning seminary. Yeah. <laughs> um... Cool, Jordan. What are we uh, going over today? So today we're doing Alma 31 through 41, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're doing. Um, and do are we going to go right into abridgment? Let's or? go right into abridgment. Okay. Abridging the records. Okay, Jordan. So last time we ended with the super depressing core horror story. Um, yeah. And he was trampled on. By the Z's. By the Z's. Um, so Alma... Uh, Hearing about this terrible incident and lots of other really bad rumors about the Zoramites, he gets the gang together. Yeah. And they all go down to Antonium. So the gang are his brothers. Yeah. Right? And yeah. also two of his sons. Yep. Um, but not and Helaman. Am- and Am- Amulek. And Caesar. Oh, Amulek. We're, we'll get to it later, but Kay. yeah. It's it's a crew. It's a crew. Yeah. Um, so they go down, uh, they witness the Zoramites get up on the Ramiumptum, um, and proclaim themselves better than everyone else. They're kind of horrified. They start teaching to everyone. No one really listens. So they move on to the poor people, (laughs) poor people who've been kicked out of their churches for not wearing fine apparel. Um, and basically Alma teaches them about faith. Um, but before that he teaches them about Zenos, which is a really interesting like focus on Zenos, who Zenos we don't know, right? And Zenoch, right? Zenoch, right? These are not prophets we know about. No, but he talks to them like you guys remember Zenos, yeah. right? Which I don't know if they would. They, they they like they don't have their own scripture. Well, no, but they have the scriptures of the Old Testament, right? But does everybody get to read them? That's what I don't know. That's I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Interesting questions. Okay, so after they uh, after Alma talks a little bit, he th- throws it over to Amulek. Amulek is like, yeah, everything he said, but more. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and then they basically uh, say that the Zoramites are going to be destroyed because of their unrighteousness. And so before they they are destroyed, uh, the gang gets out of Dodge, heads over to <laughs> Jershwan, where is, again, if you remember, where the Ammonites are. So they go north up in Jershwan. They re... They, you know... Get together, figure out, well, hey, that didn't go well. <laughs> but they have a bunch of Zoramites that came with them. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Zoramites basically go um, out among other people and they're like, hey, what do you guys think about that? And But they don't like ask them why. Like, oh, yeah, we think it's legit. And they're like, get out! <laughs> <laughs> and so they kick a bunch of Zoramites out. They go to Jershwan with Alma and, and the crew. Um, then it becomes pretty clear that the Lamanites and the Zoramites are teaming up to come fight them so they ask the Ammonites to vacate they move out of Jershwan to Moloch because they need to make room for the Nephite armies and because they don't fight right um they do not fight yes but do you think so do you think they were trying to like trick the Zoramites like the the Zoramites and Lamanites do they think that they're going to attack the Ammonites no and there's gonna be secretly a Nephite army waiting for them there Maybe, but no. <laughs> okay. Just, just a thought. Continue. So then Alma decides, yo, everyone's going to die probably. I better tell my sons all the things that they need to know. 
So he tells Helaman a bunch of stuff. Then he tells, um, what's the, Shiblon a bunch of stuff. Both of them kind of like, you're a good kid, here's a thing. You're a good kid, here's a thing. And then he gets to Corianton and he's like, you're the worst. You're the worst <laughs> kid in the world. You suck. You chase after whores. You're the worst. Not, not plural, just one. Just one, yeah. And apparently she's pretty popular. It's not <laughs> yeah. a bad decision. I will get to it later, but I just kind of feel like Alma just doesn't like this girl. It's like this nice girl. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you chase the whore, Isabel. Anyways. <laughs> you can't call her that at dinner, Dan. <laughs> This is why I never bring girls home. <laughs> um, and then in chapter 41, the 40, 41 and 42 are all about uh, basically the plan of salvation. Yeah. Um, again, him talking to Corianton. He gets really often with Corianton. He really He's does. like, listen, sexual sin. Do you know what happens to dead bodies after the resurrection? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was a little nutty. He does. So. Sexual sin is only worse. They're not as bad as murder. murder. You know what happens to those murdered bodies? <laughs> they come back to life. But you know what doesn't happen? Your virginity doesn't come back to life. <laughs> yeah. You will forever be tainted. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's the abridgment. There's there's a lot of doctrine in yeah. this. Uh, this is like a heavily quoted yeah. section of especially the faith, especially Amulek speaking. I think we often wrongly attribute that to Alma because it's in Alma. <laughs> yes. but it's actually Amulek. I like all the scriptures reading. I'm like, oh, this isn't even Alma speaking. Yeah. But Alma's uh, story of the seed and faith and stuff. I really like that stuff. Yeah, I think that's great. Think so that's great. cool. Let's get to some righteous anger. Or er, likening, likening the scriptures. Likening the scriptures. All right, let's let's see how this goes. Yeah, Brian, you know me. I know you. If you say there's one thing that I love, mm-hmm. you'd say Jordan loves food. Okay, Adrian. Okay, another one. The jazz. Celebrities. Celebrities. I love celebrities. He loves celebrities. You can even say some celebrities are like my idols. Yeah. Like I love them. Yeah. TMZ, I eat that up. Yeah. Like like TMZ falling a Seth Rogen around. Is that what's going on? Dude, it's any celebrity because I think they're so cool and okay. I idolize them. Okay, so I like celebrities. Okay, um, but I've been sometimes celebrities though they like say things that aren't really smart. Yeah, you could even say they're dumb. Yeah, what they say, I could say that. So like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? I, yeah, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Me too. I idolize him. He's such a good politician. Terminator, great. Governor of California. Predator. The Apprentice, that's held season. <laughs> the Hunger Games? Uh, he wasn't in Hunger Games. That one kind of feels like he should have been in Hunger Games. Who would he have been? Just a tree. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I love the Rambo. Okay. He's not in Rambo. Oh, yeah. Sylvester 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 he said, <laughs> he said, I think that gay marriage is something that should only happen between a man and a woman. <laughs> he didn't say that. He did. This no, he did he, he did say that. That's ridiculous. It probably was a messed up phrase. What did he mean? I think he was just saying he thinks that marriage is something between, because he was a Republican. Yeah. Anyway, so it's kind of dumb what he said. Yeah. Uh, Britney Spears. Yeah. You grew up when I grew up. Hit me baby one more time. Yes, please. My loneliness is killing me. Yeah. Slave for who? Me. For you. 
Um, Don't you know that I'm toxic? <laughs> yeah, we love Britney Spears. Idolize her. Listen, I'm a womanizer. I'm a womanizer. Woman, woman, womanizer, eyeser, eyeser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, your version's better. Yeah. Anyway, Britney Spears also said some dumb things mm-hmm. like this. She says, I want to go to a lot of overseas places like Canada. <laughs> It's pretty stupid, right? Okay. Dumb. You this is say. going somewhere, I you imagine. Oh, it's going somewhere. Okay. <laughs> another person I love, another yeah. teen idol, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Great. Mormon. Yeah, her mom was I'm or sorry. something. Member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No, I don't think she would disagree. Um, <laughs> she's saying lots of great... What's one of her hits, Brian? Uh, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Itchy, itchy, gaga, baba. Itchy, gitchy, gaga, baba. Okay. <laughs> Here's something she said. I idolize her, but then yeah. she goes out and says something like this. Okay. Says, so where's the Cannes Film Festival being held this year? It's in Cannes. Yeah. Okay. Right? Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Another person I love. Is this the character from SNL? <laughs> the, uh, the the stand-up comedian? <laughs> no. Okay. This is just me. Like These are just things they said. Yeah, okay. Good call. Jessica Simpson, okay. another yeah. love her. Newlywed. Newlywed. Zach Still a virgin, probably. Jess. Yeah, right? Is she? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, don't let Alma get a hold of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, chased after the whore, Jessica yeah, Simpson. I mean, Corey Anton, probably. <laughs> uh, so I love her, idolize her. What'd she say? She said uh, she was eating some tuna. Oh, I remember this. And she said, is this chicken or fish? <laughs> I know it's tuna, but it says chicken of the sea. <laughs> So anyway, okay, okay, one last one, okay. Another person I love, Paris Hilton. Okay, we all, everybody loves Paris Hilton. <laughs> sure. What was that Do show they? with her? I have no idea. The one where uh, the the Simple Life, or Simple whatever? Life, okay. One of like the best shows on Fox sure. ever. Um, apart from the Spin Factor with Bill O'Reilly, but yeah, exactly. You know how much I love my Bill. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we all have idols. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like Bill uh, O'Reilly, he said, "We'll do it live." <laughs> We'll do it live! Okay, sorry, go ahead. Well, Parasilton, CC said this. She said, Walmart? Do they, like, make walls there? So she doesn't know. No, but about, it's dumb. It's about Wal- the Walton family. Is it? Do you know? <laughs> okay. So anyway, I, like, I, was, I think about these idols all I, the time. I understand. But then I realize that, like, sometimes they're pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. And I've realized I've been worshipping... All these dumb idols. Okay. And I'm like, what am I, a Zoramite? <laughs> it says they're worshiping dumb idols. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like in the it very. Says, it says that? It says they're worshiping they dumb were, idols. They were bowing down to dumb idols. <laughs> that's Alma's like little <laughs> editorial. They're bowing down to a cow. What a dumb idol. I think maybe that the I probably dumb as in that they couldn't sit, the idols couldn't speak to them. Well, but <laughs> isn't that all idols? But I mean, I don't like, sit if at, you're the, at the at the Temple Square Jesus statue. I'm like, man, this is a dumb Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but his idea is that Jesus could talk to you. I mean, he does talk. He's an animatronic Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I am your Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that really made me think about all the dumb idols. Yeah. Do you want me to read like if that's. If you didn't you know, know it's why that said, and then that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But <sighs> like the Zormites, I love it. Okay, righteous anger. <laughs> or do you have any more? I mean, I was just gonna read you the scripture if you want. Oh, to uh, let's it. hear the scripture. Um, Alma thirty-one. Um, they're perverting the ways of the Lord. 
and that Zoram, who was our leader, was leading the hearts of the people to bow down to dumb idols. <laughs> His heart again began to sicken because of the iniquity of the people. I just imagine like a, a giant statue of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> we bow down to you <laughs> so you're saying up. there's a chance <laughs> big gulps okay uh righteous anger righteous anger so jordan i got called out by whom? By anonymous people. How do you know it's anonymous though? You got you said you got an email. Yeah. But what, what was their email address? It's like one two five seven four five six seven two three. Do you think five. it was your mom? Probably my mom. Actually, <laughs> it's probably yeah, it's true. Not, no, but, to hear but they made saying. a good point, which was, I am very critical of people who are prideful in the Book of Mormon, but sometimes I present my opinions as if they're the only right opinions. Well, you are right. Well. Beside the point. <laughs> Specifically about when I said President Oaks is wrong. He's just wrong. I want to amend this a little bit. Oh, man. No, but let, let me let me say this. Can we read the email on, on air? No, I'm not uh, going to do that. Uh, Sorry. Can I see it later? Sure. Okay. Uh, so this is, this is basically what I, I want to amend that. I think that President Oaks is wrong. I don't think that has anything to do with him being a bad person. I don't think that has anything to do with the truthfulness of the gospel or even it really has nothing to do with very much except that I think in the history of time, he will be proven wrong. Similarly, during the B1 celebration, he said um, that he, during the black, uh, the blacks and the priesthood ban, that he knew that that was a the ban was wrong. And all he needed to do was wait for those men who thought that was wrong to, to come to their senses so I just will say the same thing back to him that he said about the brethren when, at that time. And that is, I think that eventually he'll come around on the gay issue. Similarly, I think it's maybe poor in poor taste for me to always assert that these people are prideful or someone who disagrees with me politically must be um, non-righteous. I should say, I, I am a person who struggles with pride. I do think I'm right a lot of the time. Um... Someone challenged me and basically said, you know, if you're open minded enough, you should be able to say different people have different interpretations or understanding of the gospel. Um, the only time I guess that I'm not OK with that is when people are using the gospel to hurt others. That's when I'm like, no, it's not OK. It doesn't. I don't care what you think the gospel is. If you're being hurtful to others, you're in the wrong. Every other interpretation is up to that person. So I just want to take this moment to say. I've been a little bit prideful in trying to say who's right and who's wrong. And I should clarify more that this is just my opinion. And I'm not trying to even convert you, dear listener, to think like I, I do. How'd they get your email? I don't know. It's your mom. It probably is my mom. <laughs> um, so that, I, that is all being said because the majority of the reading today will be me ranting so this righteous anger is just a preface and say, like, I realize I can get a little intense, a little passionate. Um, and I'm my opinions that I'm expressing uh, do not exactly mean that I would say them over the pulpit or that I would necessarily even tell other people to believe that way. It's just me recording my thoughts. Do you think that's OK, Jordan? Yeah, I think it's prideful to send an anonymous email saying somebody's wrong. <laughs> I didn't we didn't do that to you, listener. <laughs> well, maybe I did. Maybe in one of the episodes I was like. 
I mean, I think it probably has more to do with politics and us saying. Because a lot of, like, I think one of the pieces of feedback that I can take to heart is you hate Trump so much, but you love Obama. But, like, some of the things Obama does, uh, if Trump does them, you, you just hate them. Obama can also be a bad president or whatever. I have actually... We, have we talked about Obama that much on this? No. But I think people... Again, it's probably my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All of this is just to say that I'm going to rant a little bit, but just take it with a grain of salt. I rant about a lot of things. Yeah. Try being Brian's friend. I know. Jordan agreed to do this podcast. He was like, just stop texting me this crap. <laughs> After every <laughs> chapter. So that's Righteous Anger in prep in, you know... The past couple weeks, my righteous anger has been like, yeah, this isn't really righteous anger. Yeah. But, so do you have more righteous anger stuff? Oh, yeah. All of the reading. <laughs> all of the reading really made me upset. Do we need to turn down your microphone? We No, maybe. you've been blowing it out a little bit, and you're about to get real angry. Okay, I'll just move it away from me a little bit. <laughs> so let's jump into yeah. some AP Mormonism. AP Mormonism. Okay, Jordan, let's jump in. Just to, just before we get into it. Yeah. How sick are Alma's kids of his angel story? <laughs> yeah. He must tell it to them <laughs> so much. He tells them like three times in these <laughs> chapters. They're like, Dad, we've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. <laughs> he never shuts up about it. Yeah. Okay, Alma 31.1. And it came to pass that after the end of Korahor, Alma having received tidings that the Zoramites were perverting the ways of the Lord, and that Zoram, who was their leader, was leading the hearts of the people to bow to dumb idols. You just read this. Mm-hmm. Would like to think that part of what made Alma, or what made the Zoramites so perverted is the way they killed Korahor. And my headcanon, my retcon, is that Alma is feeling guilt over what happened to Korahor here, which is why he goes to the Zoramites. And no one can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but what's weird, see, I kind of, because later on when he's preaching to the Zormites, mm-hmm. he brings up the example of, what, are you going to ask for a sign? Because people that ask for signs are evil. No, because Zenek uh, is, or is it Zenek? The other Antichrist uh, is with him. Who's with him? The Antichrist from Hainihor, from from the, the um, Ammonihah. Remember the guy that they like they, they that like was the lawyer is like whoa this is right and then he gets out of the city well, I'll get to it right but he's with the Zormites now no he's with this group of people preaching oh right? okay but to me it's weird to bring up that example unless you're trying to like say Don't he he sure was evil yeah. so well that either ruins, I that think ruins either. my head cannon um, <laughs> Alma thirty one four. Now, the Nephites greatly feared that the Zoramites would enter into correspondence with the Lamanites, and that it would be the means of great loss on the part of the Nephites. So, again, everything is part religious, part political, as everything the church is and has always been. <laughs> it's never not political. Very interesting, yeah. Um, Alma 31.6. This is, I think, my favorite scripture from the whole thing. Therefore, he took Ammon and Aaron and Omner and Himni, and he did leave the church in Zarahemla. But the former three he took with him, and also Amulek and Zizram, Zizram, oh. who, who were at Melech, and he took two of his sons. So, this is the all-star team. <laughs> it is. He's taking all of the power hitters with him. This is an escalation theme in many of these verses. Um... As stuff gets worse and worse, it's always met with more powerful lightness. So as Luke says in The Last Jedi, powerful light, powerful dark. We are in the home stretch now, and this is the crux of the story. This is kind of signaling to us stuff's about to go down. 
And this this does this section sets off the war to end all wars, basically. Well, the war to end all wars is the one at the end, but right. <laughs> uh, the, the big war before Christ comes. Um, Alma 31, 12. Now, when they had come into the land, behold, to their astonishment, they found that the Zoramites had built synagogues and that they did gather themselves on one day of the week. Seemingly righteous, right? Uh, but just going through the motions never equates to anything. Just because they have synagogues, just because you show up on Sunday, doesn't mean that you aren't a dick to the poor and those who are different than you. This is why being active in the church means nothing. It, it doesn't reflect your heart. Just going doesn't count for anything. Right. Not going is not good, but just going is not a, a win in the column. All the Zormites were going to church. Right. Ram- Rami Emptum is so often brought up in the church. Mm-hmm. But it's so representative of the church. Yeah, I'm about like to, it's like testimony meeting. Well, I'm about to read the whole thing and just just listen with an open mind and try to think of any other situation this could be applied to. Alma 31, uh, 13 through 18. For they had a place built in the center of the synagogue, a place for standing, which was high above their heads. And on the top thereof would only admit one person. Therefore, whoever desired to worship must go forth and stand upon the top thereof and stretch forth his hands towards heaven and cry with a loud voice, saying, Holy God, we believe that thou art God and we believe thou art holy. The kind of redundant. And <laughs> that thou was a spirit and that thou art a spirit and that thou will be a spirit forever. Holy God, we believe that thou has separated us from our brethren and we do not believe in the tradition of our brethren, which was handed down to them by the chi- chi- childlessness, childishness of the fathers. But we believe that thou hast elected us to be holy children, that thou hast made it known unto us that there shall be no Christ. But thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever, and thou hast elected us that we shall be saved, while all around us are elected to be cast by the, the wrath down to hell. For that, uh, for the which holiness, O God, we thank thee, and we also thank thee that thou hast elected us, that we may not be led away by the foolish traditions of our brethren, which doth bind them down to a belief of Christ, which doth lead their hearts and wander far from thee, our God. And again, we thank thee, O God, that we are a chosen and holy people. Amen. And yeah, as I'm reading this, I'm like, I cannot think of anything else that is close to what they're talking about except Fast and Testimony Meeting. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, what it is. Be- because, I mean, what Fast and Testimony Meeting is supposed to be is people get up, bear their testimony about Christ, right? They never do. Right. <laughs> they get up and they say how much better we are. I mean, how many times it's like, we're so lucky to be, to be living in this land. Yeah. And I hate that. I'm like, no, we're not. It's not, we're not lucky at all. It, like... If anything, we should be very worried. I mean, there's the whole, like, woe unto him that says all is well in Zion. That's what we hear every... Va- it's <laughs> so like, true. The church is great. Everything's awesome. All these people they hear in the church are dumb. Um, and and this is where the pride thing... This is what I was saying before, is, like, I needed to preface. Because I actually think that we have a lot of work to do in the church. Just listening to the Book of Mormon. Just read it. It's, you don't even need anyone to explain it to you. If you just read these verses, it's easy to see where we are failing. We're failing on the poor, we're failing on pride, and we're failing on electing leaders that are actually righteous. Drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So, um, Alma 31.20, For behold, every man did go forth and offer up these same prayers. And I, I mean, clearly here, sameness is equating to bad. Did you hear that? Sameness is bad. <laughs> it's so true. You're not supposed to try to be the same. And we, but we teach every kid to be like, I know the prophet is a prophet. I well, know the church is true. And it even says like they all they all say the same thing. They say it over and over. It's a rote prayer. And so, I know the church is true. I know Joseph Smith is a prophet. Um, and even if these verses, I don't know if it's the same part, but it goes off on like you don't know anything. Oh, that's you know later. I mean? And I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm getting because that. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, Alma 31, 24 through 26. For he saw that they were a wicked and perverse people. Yea, he saw that their hearts were set upon gold and upon silver and all manner of fine goods. Yea, and he also saw their hearts. They were lifted with great boasting in their pride. And he lifted up his voice to heaven and cried, saying, O how long, O Lord, wilt thou suffer that thy servants shall dwell here below in the flesh to behold such gross wickedness among the children of men? I said, this passage should scare the shit out of any member of the church living today. How long will God suffer our love of money, our worship of a president who delights in wickedness, and in people who um, believe themselves to be chosen, and who do not take care of their poor? He's not going to tolerate that for very long. If you believe in this God, in this Book of Mormon, then you should be a little afraid of our current societal trends. Right. Um is everything okay in your household? Yeah. Brian? <laughs> um, Alma 32 two. They were cast out of their synagogues because of the coarseness of their apparel. Um, so this is the poor people being cast out of their synagogues for not wearing nice enough clothes. Right. And again, I just, I have a hard time not equating my life experience of you got to wear a suit, you got to wear a white shirt, nylons, appropriate Sunday dress. This is all apostasy. It's perverse. It drives me crazy. I refuse to wear white shirts to church anymore because I hate sameness and I read the damn Book of Mormon. I'm yeah. with you, dude. And and a lot of people will respond, and I've already had people when I brought this up to them respond, yeah, but you're just trying to show your best to God. And I'm like, if you think that your outward appearance God cares about, you're just not understanding God. Right. God doesn't care. And I would also point to the fact that the temple, I actually think, is an appropriate place to try to dress up because it's it's you're going to commune, right? So there there is a formality there. When we go to church, it's not for God or for us. It's to go worship with other people and work and be and and um, you know have have a community of people. So I I hope at some point we get rid of church clothes. I think it's a dumb idea. I think that society has gotten past it. You don't wear suits to work anymore. Right. So we should just wear normal clothes to church. Right. Anyways, I'm with you. And and I, and everyone says, well, that's you're just picking little small things. I'm like little small things, the Book of Mormon is as clear <laughs> as it can be. Okay, Alma thirty two twelve. I say unto you, it is well that you are cast out of your synagogues, that you may be humble, that you may learn wisdom. For it is necessary that you should learn wisdom. For it is because that you are cast out that you are despised of your brethren because of your poverty, that you are brought to a lowliness of heart. For you are necessarily brought to be humble. So I just want to say, when I got sent home from my mission, this scripture really stood out to me. Um, I should look at being cast out as an opportunity to learn wisdom. And it was for me when I got back out into the field, I didn't care about the rules. I didn't care about the numbers. I went back out to serve people. And you know, of all know, I did not care about rules or numbers <laughs> uh, no. to a stressful extent yes. for his companions, because you didn't have the horrific experience of getting sent home and realizing like none of this matters. Right. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't have been possible for me to have that attitude without the humbling of being cast out. Cause I was, I was like cast out of the society. No one was like, you can't come, but everyone treated me differently. Uh, and it taught me first of all, to look out for people who feel cast out, but also this loneliness of heart, this humility of like, you, you can't have pride. So I'm very grateful for that. So there's my uplifting scripture. Of the day. <laughs> Okay, um, Alma thirty two twenty one. And now, as I said concerning faith, faith is faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if you have faith, you hope for things which are not seen, which are true. So, faith is a hope, not a knowledge. I hope the church is true. I believe the church could be true. I know nothing. I am John Snow. 
I don't know why we're here, but <laughs> but as John you know says, nothing, John Smith. Well, here's what some uh, uh, when Boric and John are talking in. I think I brought this up before, but I want to read the exact quote. I don't think it's our purpose to understand. You and I won't fun, find much joy while we're here, but we can't. Def- we, but we can defend those who can't defend themselves. Maybe we don't need to understand any more than that. Maybe that's enough. Um, and he's talking about how the fact that they've come back, both of them have come back to life after being killed, but they're not told why. And there's, they don't understand anything else about the world. Right. Um, but this is my definition of faith, which is like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to be easy for us to know what the purpose of all this is. All I know, um, is that trying to help others is what is important to me. And, and I got again, called out a little bit about saying that people can't know anything when people say i know the church is true i'm like i I hate that i don't like it and and the question was posed to me is there anything that you know spiritually that you couldn't have learned through like science or just experience and i said there's only actually one thing i know spiritually and that's that charity never fails right charity never but even that you can like in a scientific method you can apply that and like see that it works yes right but i mean but I can say I know that and someone else might be like, I don't know if that's always true. Charity might, you know, you treat someone well and then they, you know, give a mouse a cookie type thing. Maybe they don't have a testimony of it. But like this is the one thing in the gospel where I'm like, nope, I, I don't have a faith in charity. I know that charity is okay. is is ordained of God. And that's and that's why, again, I think when Alma talks about faith as a seed, he says, you know, uh, experiment with it. And, and at some point that faith can become a knowledge. I still don't think that when he says knowledge, he means actual knowledge because we can't know a lot of these spiritual things on a, on a intellectual level, you know, it as a confirmation of spirit. And I, I, I believe in that. I just don't think when people say, no, you know, I know that Joseph Smith was the prophet of the restoration. I'm like, I just, I just don't know how you would know that right? because I don't know it. And so I, I need to reframe saying that with like, how can they possibly know that with me saying, I I can't say that. I think that I legit think they don't. I'll be prideful yeah. here. Anonymous emailer. Yeah. I just think they define no as different. Like yeah, pretty much no is equated to, I think. So the way my mom has put it to me is, is I can't prove that I love you, but I know I love you. I said, well, but you could show it. I mean, you've shown that. It's like, yeah, I could demonstrate some of it, but I have a knowledge of that love. But like, I can't give that knowledge to anyone else. So I'm like, okay, but you're talking about a personal knowledge. Right. And, and it's not applicable to anyone but you. And that's and I, that was the nitpick I had is when people get up and say that I know the church is true, what they're saying is the church is true. You should know it too. What I think, what I wish how it was framed is I've come to the, to the knowledge that this church is true. Yeah, I just think the I know vocabulary, vocabulary should be lost. And to me, loving thing like love is a feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's different than a knowledge of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so to me, that doesn't equate. Although I think it's a good, maybe the closest thing you can equate to it, but it's still not the same as like a knowledge of something. That's and and separate. what it what it comes across to me is as um, desperation when people say I know. It's that they're really wanting, like, no, I know, no, I know, and it's like you're you're protesting a little too much here, like yeah, it, and it, it lacks it, humility it, also, which yes. is so important in like all these scriptures, yep. right? And that's and that's I guess what 
where I, where I agree with our our anonymous person is that humility is important. We we can't we can't be prideful. That is the worst thing we can do. So for me to say they can't know that, that's a little prideful to say like I I can tell them what they know. And I think I've brought this up before. I actually have very little understanding of how even the world works. Right. The last couple of years have taught me like I know very little. Because to me, when you define knowledge, you should be able to explain that to somebody else yeah. and have them like agree with you. Yeah. Almost. That's yeah. to me. It's like a scientific process. Of, right. Like, well, we know gravity works this way, this way. And this way. we'll try to do that and be like, well, we prayed about it and the Book of Mormon was true. And so that must mean that Joseph Smith is a true prophet. Like, and we have this slippery slope logic fallacy yeah. in our church all over the place. And so to me, it doesn't equate to knowledge, but you have some evidence well, there. Why, why can't we just be comfortable with like not knowing, but having faith? That's what I guess I, I, I finally, I finally articulated that I think correctly, which is when people say they know, I'm like, what is this culture of knowing? The whole point of this by Mormons, uh, by the Mormon doctrine standard is we can't know. You can't know, or else the whole point of the coming to earth to be tested, which I hate that idea, but that idea is built on us not knowing. Well, even these chat in these verses, it says, if you know, then there's no challenge there. Yeah. It's, and there's, you're it's not over. growing. Yeah. Right. So, so us saying, I know the church is true. I'm like, well, maybe, but also that's not the point. The point isn't to know the church is true. The point is to live the gospel, right? And living the gospel is, an, is based on your actions. So when someone says, I know, it's like, I don't care. Do you do? Do you go out and do good? Do you help people? Do you, do you uh, have compassion? Do you hate immigrants? Do you love immigrants? Like that stuff is more important to me than the knowledge of the celestial kingdom. Right. Who cares? This obsession with the second coming and with the millennium doctrine and and the three degrees of glory, it's all a distraction from what we need to be focused on. And what the brethren keep saying is the core gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason they keep telling us to read the Book of Mormon is it keeps saying, like, don't act like that. Right. Um, and, and you've brought up before, they sometimes the church allows people to think they know. But you don't hear the, bro- the, the, the brethren saying a lot, I know the church is true. The only thing they say I know is I know that Jesus is the Christ. And, I, and again, that's a very broad statement. I don't know if that's true. I feel like they say it pretty often because people emulate them. I feel like they're always saying, I know that President Nelson is the prophet. Well, but I know that. <laughs> I know he's the, the prophet. Well, not. They say he is a prophet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that we're all prophets. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying. I, I, I agree with you. But I'm saying there is a reason that they keep telling us to come back to this. It's because we haven't learned basics. We, and, no, and, I agree. And I when, agree. I remember it used to bug me. They're like, well, we'll get more scriptures when we live the Book of Mormon. And I was like, what do you mean? And and now I'm like, okay, I get it. No one reads this book. And that, that's maybe this podcast where I get really angry is I'm like, listen, I'm reading this all the time. We do this podcast. We are doing the things people ask us to. I mean, I don't know about you, but I pray about this and say, which part of this is true? Which part of this resonates with me? And I, I'm horrified that more people don't understand the basic lessons of the Book of Mormon. Because to me, I think like the New Testament, for instance, is very much a personal book of scripture. It's about how you have a personal relationship with Jesus and how you have a personal relationship with God, right? And, and how God works with you individually. The Book of Mormon is much more how God and how a society is supposed to operate, how we as a, a group of people, and I think that this was given to the saints for a reason, because the saints needed to have a group understanding of how to treat people and the the main theme of the book of mormon the thing that's talked about more than anything else is helping the poor and you know what we suck at in this country we suck at helping the poor right and no oh, well we have bishop Stort. no 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 not the poor saints the poor period 
and then say, well, if, you know, our wards are set up, you know who doesn't can't go to a ward house? Someone who's homeless. They literally can't be in a ward. Right. right. <laughs> so we, we've got to be better at the basics of the Book of Mormon or like it says again and again and in this book. Like, we're in trouble. And also, a homeless person would not feel comfortable going to a church. No, because they won't have a white shirt. Right. They've been cast out. I mean, yes, exactly. But we, as Mormons, have gotten so good at compartmentalizing what that what each thing means. Even knowledge. Well, th- no, not knowledge like that. Knowledge like this. It's like, well, okay, fine. Can we just have, a, like, a, a more honest conversation about, like, we need to treat the poor better. We need to have faith not and not think we need to know everything. Right. Well, I think so much of the language has just become platitudes that don't actually mean anything. Like, you know, Which, like, again, I, this book warns against. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know the church is true. What does church is true? Like, what does that phrase even mean? I mean, everything that is in it is correct. I think the everything. most common understanding is that it's the priesthood has been restored through the church. And that it is still being led by Christ today. Right. But, but even that, but it's even hard that, to define. Because it's like, well, do we get everything right? Yeah, Does that's what, that's what I mean. Right? Like, you like, teach your kids to say that. The kid has no... There, there's never any definition I'm of not, that. I'm not teaching my kids to say that. Well, I'm going to teach your kids to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody has to. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. I, I, it's, I just think it's really hard. And what we're said is the Book of Mormon was written for our day. And we think that that means for other people. Like, oh, we need to go preach this. And it's like, man, no, we actually need to live it first. <laughs> you know, like, people need to live this stuff. And we don't. We just don't. No, so, we pick and I told you I very much. We're very much a uh, scripture mingled with philosophies of men. <laughs> yeah, yes. No, it's we a cr- just we just pick and choose parts we like. Uh-huh. And but I mean, but to be totally fair, we also do that in this podcast. But I feel like we try to be more holistic. Well, but the difference, the difference between us picking and choosing what we like and and not is that we're of the opinion that not all of this is literal. Whereas the people who are of the opinion that it's all literal I'm like, well, did you read that part? Right. Because you're not doing a good job with the poor. <laughs> right. So, anyways, okay. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> Alma 35.6. And it came to pass that after uh, they had found out the minds of all the people, those who were in favor of the words which had been spoken by Alma and his brethren were cast out of the land. And they were many. And they came over to the land of Jershwan. So a church that casts out those who disagree. What a wicked church that would be. Can you imagine? <laughs> um <clears throat> That's kind of a dig. I, Subtext. I, well, I just don't like this idea that they ask them what their opinion is. The people tell them what their opinion is, and they're like, okay, you're out. Which I think our church has had a little bit of a bad past of like, wait, what did, what did you write? Oh, you're out. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like Orrin Hatch, still in. Anyways. Right. No, I'm with you. Okay. I feel like they could publicly disagree, but still be like, you're still a part of this church. Well, it would, you know it I mean? would be very, it would be kind of a baller move to be like, oh, you want to ordain women? No. But go to church. Yeah, Bye. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're, all they're doing is making martyrs. I mean, the Denver Snuffer movement would have fizzled, in my opinion, until they excommunicated him. And then it was like, well, you've just legitimized that movement. Right. Um, and and people, a lot of people, again, get after me that I don't like the church uh, disciplinary system because they're like, no, most people that go through it, that's really good for them. And I'm like, that is the most messed up thing I've ever heard. They like it? Well, I don't think, I don't think that's true. I, I think, think they focus. Either. I think there are people that think it's good but you're not gonna go and listen well, to the stories people that, the majority of what i hear is bad bad yeah right <laughs> well and and maybe the people who have a good experience don't talk about it but and i do think there's a, a good like if you feel guilty and you need to unload that's a, that's okay but you don't need a tribunal of like 14 men to be like i pass judgment yeah <laughs> i 
I don't like it. Yeah, from a dentist and a yeah. freaking <laughs> track coach or whatever. Yeah. We don't need I you. am the high priest. <laughs> See you at school. Oh, you run a bakery? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about my sex sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Alvin 35.9, and he breathed out their threatenings against them. And now the people of Ammon did not fear the words, therefore they did not cast them out. They did receive all of the poor of the Zoramites that came over unto them, and they did nourish them, and they did clothe them, and they did give them the lands for their inheritance. And they did administer unto them according to their wants. And I'm I'm a little choked up at this because... The Ammonites are so cool. <laughs> the Zoramite leader is to cast out the Zoramite falls on the ears of the Ammonites who literally were given the land from the Nephites. Who the Nephites protected them when they were cast out of their homeland. So this is them paying it forward to another group, to, the Nephi, to another group of Nephites. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. We need to be more like Ammonites. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Alma 35, 11. And thus the Zoramites and the Lamanites began to make preparations for war against the people of Ammon and also against the Nephites. And again, this continues the great tradition of Nephite dissenters using the Lamanites to fight their battles. Both wicked and very Marxist affirming. Uh, this is the system is designed to suppress others. The Zoramites are the worst. They, they suck. Well, they, they think they're better than everyone else. Then they use the Lamanites who are, in this case, I would say racially... Beneath them. The proletariat. Exactly. You got it. Um, Alma 37, 1. And now, my son Helaman, I command it you should take these records which have been entrusted with me. Alma gives the plates over. It's important that we keep an eye on who has the plates and when. It gets murky in the next couple books. Mm. I think maybe Helaman's the one that writes it about Captain Roni. We'll get to that. Yeah, I, have, I don't know. I have well, lots I, of I have a question. Is, is Alma writing all this right now? I don't know. I hate when... Because I didn't know who's the narrator. Well, it definitely isn't Helaman because Helaman wasn't with his brother Corianton during that, that throwdown. Or maybe he was, and that's super awkward. <laughs> or maybe he's just super tight with his dad. Yeah. Alma's like, I just threw down on your bro. Yeah. For being a slut. <laughs> Uh, Alma thirty seven twenty eight. For behold, there is a curse upon this land that destruction shall come upon all the workers of darkness, according to the power of God, when they are fully ripe. Um, uh, secret isn't sacred, is what I said here. <laughs> the kingdom is truth, and no truth should be shielded in darkness. It just shouldn't. Um, Alma thirty seven forty three. And now, my son, I would say that you should understand that these things are not without a shadow. For as our fathers were slothful to give heed to the compass. The, the Liahona. Now these things were temporal. They did not prosper. Even so it is with things that are spiritual. Alma is take giving a metaphorical take on the Liahona. Seeing symbols and metaphors in the scriptures is dope. And it's cool when people in the scriptures validate the idea that you're not supposed to go, well, what's what was cool about the Liahona? And you're like, well, it was magic. It's like, no, no, no. What, what did it teach us? Right. right. Uh, I would point to this as a way to how you're supposed to read the Book of Mormon. It's not, oh, where did this happen in Peru? No. What did it teach you? What did it teach you? Were there papooses back then? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't know about cement and horses. Out of uh, the fire just came out of heaven and en engulfed a prison, and you're like, I don't know about the horses. Anyways. <laughs> That's like when people watch The Walking Dead. Be like, I don't think he would have survived because his gun only had twelve clips. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's zombies yeah. walking the earth, and this is what you're hung up on. I always, every time I watch that show, I'm like, can't they just do the thing at the end of uh, Twelve Days Later where they all just starve because <laughs> they have nothing to eat? Twelve days later, Isn't it 12 days? twenty-eight days. Twenty-eight. Later. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Alma thirty-eight thirteen. Do not pray as the Zormites do, for you have seen that they do pray to be heard of men and to be praised for their wisdom. Have you ever heard of prayer talk? Oh, boy. <laughs> They're rough. Yeah, where the prayer is simply a front for someone to give a talk instead of a prayer. Yeah. That's the Zormites. And again, never heard of any other church doing this except ours. <laughs> 
No one wants to give talks except Mormons. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Alma thirty-eight fourteen members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints. Uh, Alma 32, 38, 14, Do not say, "O God, I thank thee that you are better than our brethren," but rather say, "O Lord, forgive my unworthiness and remember my brethren in mercy." That is exactly what I would say of anyone who is who is demonizing a group of people like. Oh, the liberals. Oh, you know, this is the end of the end of times. Jesus is coming again because because look at all the gays. And it's like, mm, maybe don't say that you're better than them. Maybe say I'm pretty unworthy and remember those people that in in your mercy. Right. Which is still a little condescending, but better. <laughs> we had an old lady in Sunday school. <laughs> Our ward, it's a bunch of uh, retirement home people. Yeah. But she was like, we know the end of days are coming because we send our kids off to college and they come back liberals and there were people were like yeah <laughs> what is going on in this yeah. sucks okay <laughs> alma 39 3 and this is not all my son thou uh thou didst do that which was grievous unto me for thou did forsake the ministry and thou did go over to the land of syrian among the borders of the lamanites after the harlot isabel <laughs> wow alma slut shaming isabel and corianton here yeah, not this, not very progressive of you is, alma it's uncomfortable yeah this this chapter is uncomfortable um but then again alma is like now that i've chewed you out i'm gonna share with you some of the dope <laughs> crap i would i i ate some mushrooms and this is what i found out <laughs> right uh he says now concerning the state of the soul between death and the resurrection behold it has been made known unto me by an angel that the spirits of all men as soon as they are departed from this mortal body yea the spirits of all men whether they be good or evil are taken home to the god who gave them life um this is still happening. This is false doctrine. Uh, even Alma was a bit confused on the specifics, it seems, because after you die, you do not go back to God. You go to the spirit world, where you, and then once we're judged, we meet God again. Right. We don't. No one goes back to God. I mean, and is that's our understanding right now? Well, I I would say I don't know anything, but I would say those who say no, 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 we're told, and I'm like, well, look, there's even even in the scriptures, there's disagreement about what the heck happens. Right. Um. Lastly, Alma forty two three. Um, now we see that the good man has become as God, knowing good and evil, unless he should put forth his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. The Lord God placed cherubim and flaming sword. They should not partake of the fruit. I don't think this has much to do with anything except it's cool to see the temple just like pop up in the scriptures right. where you see where they got stuff for the temple from. I, I really like that. It's fun to see temple lines in the scriptures. Yeah, that's interesting. Can't wait till but these people. <laughs> Coming up, Temple Bench Road. (laughs) (laughs) We're certainly going to get in trouble with that one. Okay, three degrees of Actually, it was a joke, Brian. We're not actually doing it. Three degrees of story. Okay. This one's kind of hard because there isn't a whole lot of story, to be honest. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my favorite things is that Alma uses the word betwixt twice he in does. this <laughs> selection, which is, he's just adding words to his vocabulary. We kind of see an analysis of Alma's writings as he gets older would be interesting. Yeah. Cause I feel like he talks differently. Um, he also tells Shiblon to be sober. Was Shiblon a drunk? Yeah. That's what's weird. Like it's, he gives him all this lesson. That's the last thing he says. He's like, to him. and by be the way, sober. Like cut back on. He's it. he is the lamest dad. <laughs> Go after the girls. Be sober. <laughs> oh, are you gonna tell us about your angel again, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that me and the sons of Messiah 
we got in some trouble back then. Um, don't know why Emma has a Western accent. <laughs> He's a cowboy now. <laughs> um, so before he goes out, like when he meets up with all the boys, it says he clapped his hands on them and yeah. they were filled with the spirit. Yeah. That's what I feel when I bro hug you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, man. Um, those were kind of dumb. Yeah, no, things, but, but I have this specific image, you know, in Apollo uh, 11, where they're, all the astronauts are walking towards the rocket in like slow motion, or in Armageddon, or in any movie. Right, right, right. I did, like, as I was reading Who's Going to <laughs> to uh, the Zoramites, have this thing of like, Ammon, I'm like, these are the dudes. This is awesome. <laughs> this is like the Avengers. And then the two sons are kind of like the comic relief, and yeah. it shows them like trying to catch up behind them. <laughs> yeah. One's drunk. One's yeah. chasing after a girl. <laughs> that was my favorite part. The actually my favorite part is the fact that the um, Ammonites are immediately like, "Nope, you can come be here." Yeah, that's we'll really the, that you. really is the best part. And out of everything talked about this chapter, if you want to take one lesson, that's the lesson. Right. Um, of course, there was we we don't talk a lot about doctrine, but my other favorite part is the parable of the seed is pretty explicit in how faith works and it's not knowledge and it can only become a knowledge once you've really tested it over and over and over again. And only then it, it doesn't become a knowledge for everyone. It's a personal understanding. And I think that the allegory, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. we take it or the church takes it and like, I think it's a seed in a tree for a very specific reason because that takes a long time for a tree to grow. Yeah. But I think a lot of times it's when it's preached, it's like, and you'll pray about it and that seed will grow into a tree. Well, do you, you remember, know what I mean? You remember the mission when, when somebody, we'd ask someone to pray about the Book of Mormon and they'd be like, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. And people would tell me and you when we'd tell, like, we're like, yeah, they prayed and they didn't, like, oh, well, they're not praying right. And I'm like, yo, Whatever. no, 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 no. <laughs> you do not get to tell someone that their answer is invalid. Even if the answer disagrees with what you know to be true, in quotation right. marks, that's the whole problem. It's like, you can't tell other people that they should know something. Right. You just can't do that. Did you ever tell them in a prayer when you're leaving? Be like, what? So you challenge them to read it, and then you say, can we leave you with a prayer? Uh-huh. And be like, and we bless uh, Jason that he'll be able to read it and find it that it's no, true. I never did that. But you know people that did do I, I, It's awful. I fought with them all on my mission, man. <laughs> That was the con. I mean, the only reason that that I I asked for you as a companion twice because I was like, listen, do you want me to do well? If you want me to baptize, put me with Jordan because all we do is go out and serve people, and we and then they want to join the church. It's never like a hard sell. I don't like the hard sell missionary thing. Like like uh, invite. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna like if they want it. And right. I'd bring it up a lot. I was like, hey, you know, as missionaries, we can baptize you into our church if you want that. Right. And and then a lot of times they're like, I don't know if I want that. It's like, okay, let us know. It's like we're, we're their spiritual guides, which is what we're supposed to be. Not freaking door-to-door salesmen selling them a vivid <laughs> system. It's not I told you I had a lot of actual, like, these, these chapters, I think, bring up a lot of the hypocrisy of our church, which has nothing to do with the doctrine being false or that you should leave. It has to do with everything about how terrible people are. In this book, of, in the Book of Mormon times, in times now, people suck. The whole point of the church is trying to make people better, but sometimes people use the church to make them suck even more. Right. And and I, I should be the first to say I suck in a lot of ways, but I feel like I try to use the church to be better and not hating people. Like when I'm at church, a lot of the times I'm like, you know, I shouldn't hate people who love Trump. They just don't understand the harm he's doing. They don't get it, and so I can't hate them. I just have to try to do my best. Um. It's hard when they're hateful people, though. It is. Well, but that's like when they're full of hate. It's the ultimate challenge 
to be tolerant of the intolerant. Right. But I think I'm, what you said earlier is kind of where I stand. Like, I'm tolerant of people as long as they're not hurting other yeah. people. Me too. You know? Yeah. That's hard. Well, I'm not, I shouldn't say that, like, I'm okay with them. I just can't say, like, they're dumb or they're, like, I, just, I need to come at it from a place of empathy as opposed to a place of anger. Yeah. The only time I get really angry is when people in the church are, are kind of pushed outside of, on the fringes of the church for being different. Um, that's why, like, gays, um, even, you know, strong women who are not wanting to get married, they're pushed aside. Even single adults are kind of pushed aside, and that's wrong. This church should be for everyone, not just for the nuclear family from the freaking 50s. Right. That That is long over. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know how we got back into that, but <laughs> let's... Uh, Winners and losers. Yeah, title liberty. Title of liberty. Okay, Brian, I'll do mine first. Yeah. Uh, so my loser is Shiblon, because <laughs> Alma sits all of his sons down. Yeah. Gives Helaman two chapters. 77 verses gives Shiblon one chapter, 15 verses. And then gives Coriandon like then, four bucks. But the thing is, Shiblon and Helaman both were like good. Like they were, yeah. he said positive yeah. things. It's I, the Nephi Sam problem all over again. Nephi, Nephi, Nephi. What about Sam? Oh, Sam's great. Yeah. I mean, he didn't kill a man. <laughs> so maybe we should focus on Sam. So then my winner yeah. is Corey Anton. Yeah. He's the only one that's been confirmed to be getting some action in the Book of Mormon <laughs> so, so far. True. Only confirmed <laughs> action getter. <Yeah>. I remember <laughs> there is a there was a missionary in our mission, I can't remember who, that we were talking about a scriptural person who like they look up to, and he said, Corey Anton, because I messed up too. <laughs> and I was like, yo! <laughs> That's weird. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I think I know who it was. He uh, was that one that he held like a T Rex. Look like a T. Well, yeah, hit a weird. What if they listened to the podcast? <laughs> what if that's who? What if that's who emailed me? I mean, like a very handsome T Rex. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Um. My winner would would be. Zizrum, <laughs> again. Yeah. Like this is an antichrist who converted, and now he's part of the gang. That's true, but they're all kind of a gang of. I mean, antichrist. Alma, yeah. The only one that's not is Amulek, and he's the one that I dislike his teachings the most. Because <laughs> he's he's just always takes it to eleven. He's like, yeah, what Alma said, everything is true. <laughs> yeah, he really did. He but did. I but I love the bromance of Alma and Amulek still alive. You asked, is it, we ever hear from Amulek again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's there. And this is the calm before the storm. Like, everyone's about to die. Yeah, because we should... I mean, the war is about to happen, and Alma's like... Over this. Right. Like, out of everything it could have been over, this is it. Oh, the Zormites left? War! Right. Which is so... It's so weird. Sometimes I'm like, is it worth it for them to go try and convert these people? It always ends awfully. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh But, But remember who the people who they save. They save the poor Zormites. They save the poor Ammonites. Right. They save the poor out of... But they're all going to die in this war, you know? No, because the Ammonites are not going to fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their kids will. But none of them will die. Right. So... Um, did you hear a loser? Yeah, I think... 
I, I went back and forth on my loser. I think Corey Anson was my loser because never has one man's sin been so widely proclaimed. <laughs> when we meet this guy in the in the in the like post Earth life, like oh Corey Anson, oh you yeah. uh, you did it with Isabel. <laughs> Is she here? That's true. That's <laughs> like why does everyone just bring that up? <laughs> that's like an awkward church talk where somebody talks about like and my son was having a hard time with this thing yeah. and like. And it's like, you shouldn't be telling us no, this. don't tell us. Let alone making it scripture, Alma. That's nuts. I didn't think about it that way. Meet Corey Anson. But he's going to get so many fist bumps in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> like, no words said. Just fist bumps. You're Corey Anton? My brother. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> My man. <laughs> I, I do think it's really interesting, because I think it'd been better if he's like, you chased a bunch of whores. Then I would be like, yeah, he's a womanizer. But he's like, he just really loved Isabel. Yeah. It sounds like a beautiful love story. <laughs> he followed her into the South. You know, it's funny. We named uh, our cat Izzy because she had sex with a bunch of cats. <laughs> <laughs> because of this? Yeah, it's like she's... Adrian named her after Isabel the Harlot, so she's, <laughs> she's Izzy. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> she had like uh, 20 kittens. I can't, I can't wait to meet Corianton the cat. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Well, Jordan, that was another episode. That was, of all the episodes we've done. That was another one. That was one yeah. of them. <laughs> wow. I'm really going to be a dad. I made that joke. <laughs> Listen, listeners, love you lots. Check for tots. <laughs> remember, remember the 5th of November. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have a great Sunday. Okay, see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Well,